Man, you've made it to episode 323 of the 200 Churches podcast. And I think the word that most millennials don't like and what we found in our town here, there's a lot of people that are a fan of God. They're not a fan of the church. Sure. Or they're not a fan of religion. Right. And so religion and institution, they seem to be synonyms. There's a lot of distrust of the church. There's a lot of hurt that's been done by the church. And yeah. so if it's not worth, if it's not perceived as being worth your time, then millennials won't, just won't do it. Right. And then if it's all about yourself, they don't have any interest in being involved in it. So how can we signal to millennials that we're a safe place to ask questions, that we're worth the time and the energy as they're exploring a relationship with Jesus Christ, who I don't think they're close to. They're just trying to figure out if the church is worth it. Yeah, for sure. The first thing for us is... Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast. We're passionate about providing ministry encouragement to pastors of small churches. We release a brand new episode every Wednesday to do just that for you, all of our small church pastor friends. Now here are two guys who are definitely better together. Friends, pastors, and podcast partners, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady. I'm here in the opulent and uh, comfortable office with my good friend and podcast partner Johnny Craig. Johnny, I don't want to get predictable. We don't want sure. to be predictable on the podcast. No, after 322 episodes, what could be worse <laughs> That's than right. predictability? That's right. We are also joined by our colleague and good friend from Pennsylvania, Josh Park. Josh, way to jump right in there, baby. You knew when it was your cue. I heard the Josh, pause. Yeah. Th- that's right. That's right. Thank you for joining us today. We are honored to have you present. Man, I'm glad to be here. It's great to talk with you guys and and uh, spend a little time together. Well, Josh, you've got this new church that you're launching. It's actually launching this weekend from the day that we're recording this, this coming weekend. Josh, first, tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about your family. Tell us how you got connected to me and happened to be on this podcast episode. All right. Well, I'll tell you my, about myself first, because why not? So my name is Josh Park, <laughs> and I am the youngest of five kids. I have a twin brother. I've been in ministry since 2000 in pastoral ministry outside of the Philadelphia area in uh, Chester, Montgomery, and Berks County, which is halfway in between Philadelphia, halfway in between Harrisburg. So we root for the Eagles and the Sixers. They're going strong right now. And the Flyers, that's... that's uh, Boy, Josh, that was close, man. We've got a listener who's rabid. He might actually drive to your location to shake you up if you said anything <laughs> but that you root for the Eagles. Yeah, man. Well, you got to. I, I grew up here in the area. I've been here mostly within 30 miles my whole life. And I was born a pastor's kid. The church that I grew up at was planted by my grandfather, who was a church planner in the Philadelphia area. My dad then took over the church when my grandfather passed away, and um, that was his one and only pastorate. So he was there for about 40 years. And that church was a church planting church. And I wasn't planning on planting a church, very comfortable being involved in pastoral ministry where I was. And the Lord opened the door wide and just called us if you've ever seen a video game where they pick up the avatar and move them from one place to the other and the avatar doesn't know what's going on that was my story and my wife and i both got called into church planting after really really seeing the need for healthy churches 
to see the opportunity that new churches have as far as evangelism is concerned and cultural connection, not only in the Philadelphia area, but the entire Northeast. We have nine of the least evangelical states in the country right here in the Northeast. So it's a very, very needy region. Josh, where were you when you saw this, when you when you had this realization? Just tell us a little bit about that. Well, I was I was just having some conversations with God. We were doing great in ministry. Our church had gone through some transitions, our home church, and um, we had been without a, a senior pastor for two, almost three years. And I was I was there, healthy church, you know, two, three, four hundred people on Sundays. And we went through a little bit of a revitalization, which was a great learning process. And as we went through that process, our church started to see more people come to Christ than we had in the years before. And that was extremely exciting to me. And that was something I, I didn't want to lose and something that my wife and I said we always wanted to be a part of. Now it's happening at our home church, but you know, God, if you want us to be a part of this here or wherever, just show us what that meant. So it was really just us saying to God, we're willing to do whatever you want. And we started having these conversations with God. And as I read and as I talked to people and as we were praying, we came across the information about the Northeast and the number of churches. I, I remember talking to one guy that I said, you know, where do they need more churches? And I meant like in the world, where do they need more churches? Yeah. And he was like, well, throw a dart. And wherever it hits on the mat, that's where they need a church. And then the, the cultural conversation about specifically what's happened in the Northeast, there's more people moving into the Northeast every day and there's less churches. So churches per person in the Northeast is, is going down. And uh, we're 8% evangelical here in Pennsylvania. And again, that's one of the nine worst percentages in the 50 states. And the, the nine that are worse from us are right here, New Jersey, New York, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine. And so when I saw that information and then I saw people saying, we are praying for Northeasterners to plant in the Northeast, not only to plant churches, but to plant churches that plant churches, right? You got to make disciples that make disciples and plant churches that plant churches so we can affect the region. And I just jumped on that train and was absolutely convinced that when God sealed in our spirit that you need to be a part of disciple making, this was the way that he wanted us to do it. So are you still in the region where you were at before then? Same yeah, area? Yeah, so our home church is about 20 miles away, Twenty, uh, which around here is 35 minutes plus, 35, 40 minutes. So it's it, we're several towns over. We had done a survey of the entire Northeast and the entire Philadelphia region looking for where the needs were, and we identified a few of the towns north of us. And then we had that unique opportunity where because of the need of healthy churches in the town that we're in now, Pottstown, there were several families that were making that drive to our home church, and they were very willing to be our initial core or launch team if we would choose to plant up this direction, which we ended up doing. And your home church was generous enough to let them go. Our home church, when we were trying to confirm this call, we had a conversation with our pastor that had come in the last year or so, and they supported us 150%. He said, wherever God leads you to plant a church, we're behind you. And um, they helped us with our, our pre-launch salary. They said, talk to our people about it. We want to send people. If they're willing to go, they can go with you. They, they still help us with resources and, we, you know, prayer and conversations. They've been, they've been amazing. There's a great resource if, you're re if your listeners want to get a hold of it called Gaining by Losing, written by J.D. Greer. 
And the theory behind that is if a church gets behind multiplication and they may lose some of their best people to yeah. a daughter church or a planet church, mm-hmm. it's actually, they actually gain in the long run. And, and we've seen that played out in so many different ways. So yeah, they were behind us. That's what made this possible. What's your home church called? Our home church is the East Brandywine Baptist Church, and that was in, in Downingtown, Pennsylvania, which is, again, 25 miles or so south of Pottstown, Pennsylvania, okay. which is where we are now. Yeah. So did you plant through a network uh, or was it you know, th- just through the home church? Was it part of Ecclesia, Acts 29? I mean, did you join a church planting network as far as to get resource, to get training, all that good stuff? We did. We joined a regional network that's up here in the Northeast called Project Jerusalem. And it's, it's a small network that was connected to my uh, home university, Clark Summit University, which is up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And they've planted 11 churches in the region. So it's not national like Acts 29 or the Harvest Network or, or any of those. But we also networked with those networks. So we had conversations with the, the regional leaders, NAM board. So there's a couple of our partners that are officially in those networks. And the cool thing about the body of Christ is all of those networks, the, all the ones you named and the one I named, they all were very supportive of us. And so when they heard what we were doing and and heard where we were going. They shared resources. They shared connections. They shared ideas. They shared information. And a lot of them joined our prayer team. So we officially connected to what's called Project Jerusalem, and we've we've unofficially networked. I've also grown up in this 30-mile zone. So all of the gospel-preaching churches in the area, the, the pastors are friends of mine. So we were able to build a local network of about 20 churches that were just connected together through friendship. And they've been a big part of what we've done here in the region. So we are connected to Project Jerusalem. We're pretty independent other than that, but working together with all the other local ministries. Okay. So Josh, before we go on in this area, you neglected to inform us on your family situation. Tell us about your family. Uh, I'm married to the the best lady in the world. So her name's Jenny. She's from the Michigan area originally, but we've been here since 2001. And I have okay. two kids. We have a kindergartner. His name's Mr. Will. And then we have a fourth grader and a daughter named Delaney. Okay. Do you really call him Mr.? Yeah, that's his, that's his, it's Mr. Will. Yeah. There's nothing else that he goes by. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh, He's in kindergarten. Right. You Will. tell him what Since to go by. Since he was a baby. Yeah, Mr. Will. <laughs> Mr. Will. Yep. So is Mr. like his legal first name? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, okay. Just just making sure. I don't want to assume. Just just, just making sure. It's monogrammed on all of his clothes and, you know, his kids' blankets. His his grandfather's name is Will, too. So he's okay. Mr. Will and Dad's Will. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. That's cool. So, Josh, tell us about Branch Life Church. You... You've gotten some people from your last church. You've done some you've done some preview work before your launch. So your launch is April 28th and you said 5 p.m. Sounds like a it, it sounds uh it doesn't sound like a normal church, Josh. I'm a little concerned. Not, 5 not p.m.? <laughs> no, it's Don't we not have normal. to worship on Sunday mornings? When when God called us to Pottstown, we didn't know where we would meet. And in Pottstown there are three school districts within 5 miles of each other. So here it's the O&J School District, the Pottstown and Potts Grove. That's like 15 buildings when you count all their elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools. We're like one of those will rent us an auditorium or a cafeteria or a gymnasium. We found out pretty quickly that that wasn't going to happen. 
So none of the schools were open, which a lot of church plants, that's what they do. So we looked into before pre-launch, we looked into retail. We looked into renting from nursing homes, bowling alleys, you name it. We looked at it, getting a warehouse and renovating it. And the door just kept closing. And it was about a six-month search process. In the meantime, our launch team was meeting at a camp who let us use their open-air barn on Sundays. Hmm. And you can imagine when winter came about last October, that got, that got kind of sketchy. Um, there was a church that was here in Pottstown and they were building a new auditorium unbeknownst to us. So their church was from a couple towns over, but they were building a new auditorium here. They had joined our prayer team, uh, because they they became friends of ours once we moved into the area and saw this constant door shutting. And they approached us and said, we would be willing uh, we would be open to you guys using our facility on Sunday nights. We don't use it. So they wow. packed it out on Sunday mornings and they came to us and said, Hey, if you, if that's something you'd be open to, let us know. That would mean you'd be a Sunday night church, but it would give you what you needed. And it put us right in our target zone. It gave us an auditorium that could seat 400 people. Plus was already set up with kids care and nursery and technology and all that kind of stuff. And so we prayed about that and that, that's what we decided to do. It, it was literally the only open door, um, but it meant we had to drastically change our strategy. So we would start on 5 p.m. on Sunday nights and see how that worked out. And it's been pretty incredible. I had never heard of two churches working together like that before. And we have a little bit of a different denominational stripe, but we're both gospel preaching churches. And I think it's unbiblical myself, but go on, <laughs> go on. <laughs> they're, they're friends for life. It's perfect. They've allowed Josh, us perfect. to launch um, by opening opening their doors to us. And again, their building is brand new, so they moved into it in October of 2018 and allowed us to follow them with our pre preview services and our our launch team meetings on Sunday nights since that point. And uh, it's like you got a brand new car and you just said to your neighbor down the street, "Here, here are the keys," and they just throw us the keys you know, after they're done using it on Sundays. That's awesome. It, well, see, you're, do, you're doing the pastor a favor because some of the older folks in the church, they actually wanted an evening service, yeah. and you're the out. <laughs> right. that's, you're the that's out. Right. You're keep, that's right. We're one of the, keeping them we free are one on of the Sunday only nights. evening services in the whole region. And, uh, well, that's we, good. We have found that out. And culturally, not everybody has the same two hours free every week anymore. So there's a lot of people that right. have conflicts on Sunday mornings, and we've we've found particularly families with children, families with children that are involved in sports, and those that have jobs that cause them to work Saturday nights or Sunday mornings, um, coaches, people in the medical profession, some retail, uh, they need a Sunday night. They don't, they don't have Sunday morning open. And so God's really used that as an opportunity for us to connect with people that, that other churches may not be able to connect with. Yeah, that's a that's a cool that's a cool connection, Josh. I'm thinking about the work that's involved with um, launching a church. I I attended and interned at a church plant, but I got to show up like six months in when all the hard work was already done, <laughs> which is my style. Okay, um, so but I'm thinking you're taking this thing from the ground up. And before we got on the air, you were talking about that you were running numbers. Numbers of cards, numbers of invites, numbers of launch team, all that different kind of stuff. Talk to me about the 
the numbers involved. What do you have to measure? What do you have to count? What do you have to keep track of as you're launching a new church? The first number that became a priority with us was something that God spoke to us in the beginning of the journey. I was interviewing and reading from other church planners, you know, people that had planted churches a lifetime ago to people that had planted churches last year. And I asked them the same question. If you could do it again, what would you do different? In every book and every conversation, there was two answers that were consistently the same. The first answer everybody said was, I would pray more. So there would be a, a deeper dependence on prayer. And the second thing they said is, I would think regionally, not individually. So I wouldn't just think about me and my church. I would think about our region and being a part of something bigger. So the first number that we started to gauge was our prayer team. And so we asked God we said we wanted to commit to building an a thousand person prayer team that would just pray for us through this process. And so the first thing we started inviting people to was to our prayer team. And for over a year, I've been writing an email once a week that would go out to that prayer team, anyone who signed up for it. And we just asked people to read and pray and then delete because we know the last thing anyone needs is another email. But prayer was so important to us. So right now, that prayer team sits at 750 people that have signed on this past year. And so that means on any given week, you could have 750 people that will pray for the church plant, pray for the, the opportunities that week, pray for the challenges that week. And we have seen God do some things that no church planner can take credit for. And the only thing I can point back to is the prayer team. Yeah, that's awesome. So that, that was our first number was not only weekly prayers, but weekly trying to get people to pray for us. So any listener that wants to join our prayer team, you can just jump to our website, www.branchlife.church, click next steps, join our prayer team. And you can give your email and you'll get that once a week email. Um, The encouragement that has come from that group, the support that has come from that group has been immeasurable. That's where the, the power has come from. The second number we had to measure was launch team members. So we're using a strategy called launch big. So we're building up to a day. And on that day, we want to try to get as many people as possible to come to our launch Sunday celebration, which is coming up this 28th. In order for that kind of strategy to work, you have to have a year of input, year of background work that goes into it. And you have to have a launch team that's got 50 or more adults because you have to have people that can watch babies and take care of kids and park cars and get the coffee ready and usher people and play music and do the audio visual that it takes an army for this kind of thing to be done and done well for several hundred people right off the bat. So that number we started measuring, we asked God to provide for us 75 adults that would join our core team. And uh, right now this last week, we actually passed the 100 men, women, and children mark. A hundred men, women, and children are on our launch team. Out of that, there's 66 adults. And in our, in our pipeline, it's, it's possible that in the next four or five days, we could have as many as 10 or more adults sign on as official Branch Life Church launch team members. And uh, God's just answered that prayer over and over. And out of that 66, we have people that are small group leaders, worship team leaders, kids ministry leaders, and we already have six small groups that are meeting on a regular basis before our launch has even taken place because of that number, the core team. 
and and these guys have just sacrificed they've they've attended they've given yeah um, they've reached people for christ our core team has led uh, seven or eight people to Christ over the last 12 months, just individually in their homes and their driveways in their workplaces. And it's been exciting. So those, those were the first two numbers that we were measuring. Salvations of course have, have been a big deal for us. Baptisms. We've already been, we've been able to baptize four people. Um, before our launch, we're going to baptize two more people on Sunday. Uh, one of them got saved at our preview service. We did four preview services. We saw over 200 guests come to to the different preview services we've given out three or four thousand invite cards in people's hands we've run 10 community projects where we served Pottstown that reached over 2,000 people we mailed out 10,000 cards to homes in in the area inviting them to the launch uh, we've been on we've been on the radio we've had well over a thousand social media hits and interactions uh, so, so all of that effort has gone into letting people know we're here. It's all gone into this weekend. Gone into this weekend. So all of that has been pointing to the 28th. We, you know, 15 network churches that have that have joined the list, and uh, I I don't have any idea what to expect on Sunday night. I just don't know. Our preview services we've had between 150 and 200 people at each one. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen Sunday. It could be 200 people. That'd be awesome. It could be 400. It could be five. It could, who knows? Who knows? Uh, but God's going to do what God's going to do, and we're going to just watch him work. It seems like in the future, as you look back on the beginning of your church, somebody's going to say, hey, when did your church start? Yeah. You could hardly say April 28th of 2019. Right. It started, it started a year ago, didn't it? It started a year ago because the church is not a building or a worship service. The right. church is a group of Jesus followers on mission. That group formed last April. And it's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of work, right? Day in and day out. And, and I couldn't do it by myself. One of the first answers to prayer was we prayed for a team and God sent three other pastors to join our team. And so there was there my dad, who I, I talked about growing up with, he's still local in the area. He said, I'll help. And then we had two pastors that moved into Pottstown, one from Chicago and one from the Lancaster County area. They both heard what we were doing. They both said, hey, we're praying about helping you. I said, that would be awesome. I don't have any money or a place for you to live. And they both said, we're in. They moved their families the same time we did to Pottstown with no guarantee of a salary or a church or a job, just following God's lead. And so there's been a team of four of us that have been doing this together and uh, so, something big's happening because God's put so, the team together. Where I'm leading with that question that I asked you earlier about the, the amount of work is that some pastors, some young guys might be listening or young women might be listening and saying, Oh wow, look what Josh did. He just did this and that and boom, whiz bang. It's all set up. And now he's got this church going and I could do that. And what I want to draw out of you is, with, with humility understood as a given, right, I want you to admit how much hard work and time you've actually had to put into this and how not easy it's been. And you've, you've got to be willing to make the sacrifice if you're going to accomplish something like this, right? Yeah, I'll affirm that by saying it's the hardest thing we've ever done in our life. And I've been... Uh, I'll go with that. I've been in pastoral ministry since <laughs> 2000. And there's been some really hard seasons in that where you're in pastoral ministry, but my salary was never threatened. 
right? My, right. my feeding my family and having a place to live was never in doubt. When we stepped out in faith and sold our home and moved to a new town, we did not know what was going to happen. That takes that speaks to my wife's ability to have faith. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't stupid. We weren't out there just kind of throwing caution to the wind, but it was a an educated step of faith. We knew God was calling. We knew he provides the resources that you need to do exactly what it is he does. And at the same time, two other families did the same thing, right? We had to work hard. We had to make the connections. We had to meet people and start conversations. There were some nights we went to bed and we didn't know if we were doing the right thing or not, you know, and, and what would happen the next day. Now I'm on, I'm a year into it and I can say God has been so much more than faithful. Our every need has been taken care of. We haven't missed a step with what God has wanted to do. He's provided for the church. He's provided for our family. He's provided for the other pastors. It's been amazing to see God provide and confirm that. But yeah, it, it ter- terribly hard. And you don't have anybody telling you what, how to do it or what to do. You've got to figure this out every step of the day. And one of my biggest fears is I didn't do enough today. Did, did I do enough? Did I do what I was supposed to do or did I miss something? It's been the hardest but most rewarding thing we've ever done. Well, you know, I think if you go to bed every night and think that, oh, I'm doing the right thing, I know exactly what I'm doing, I'm comfortable, you're really not trying to do too much, right? You're really not stepping out and attempting something that's bigger than you've ever done before. And How many times, Johnny, you've heard this, we've heard this on the podcast, how many times have, have great leaders said to us that, most of the time, they they are uncertain. Most of the time, they're lacking confidence. And most of the time, they're just believing that, hey, you know, God, God's leading, but I, I don't know where he's leading, and some, something good is going to happen, I hope. So there's a lot of uncertainty yeah. in leadership, and there's a lot of uncertainty in creating something that's that's brand new. Right. So I just, I just want to affirm that. Hey, Johnny, I'm thinking— I'd like you to pursue a line of questioning. I feel like we're prosecutors here. <laughs> pursue. So from, from a millennial's viewpoint, yeah. right, what, what are you hoping? What are you hoping that Branch Life Church will be and will do that would guarantee that they could, or not guarantee, but that would help them reach the emerging generation and not just a group of already churched, mm-hmm. right, type of people? So ask ask Josh a question here about this <laughs> branch life branch life deal they got going on. He didn't want to put any oh, words man. in your mouth. He just um, wanted you to ask your question. But I'm just pointing you in a direction. <laughs> Are there? I mean, so in your area, within you know an hour, any direction, you get. Are, are there colleges around you? Oh yeah, there's there's quite a few colleges around us. I mean, if you go an hour, you're talking about some big colleges like Villanova. Okay. Uh, university and stuff like that. So you, you're you're into Philadelphia, which has just a, a huge number of college, colleges. There's 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 local colleges right you know two miles away. There's a local community college, Montgomery County Community College. There's um, your Sinus, which is just down the road. This isn't known as a college town per se, right where we're at, but there sure. but there are colleges. Yeah. So for me, I don't buy the the story that kids go off to college and radical professors turn them into radical people and preach hatred of religion and then kids, you know, learn how to hate religion. I went to a liberal arts college. Um, it wasn't a Christian school. 
And you get faced with some hard truths about world history, about psychology, about sociology, about all sorts of things. And it makes you start to question. And a big thing that it makes you question is institutions. And um, the church, for better or worse, is a big institution. <laughs> and so I guess my question after, jo- uh, after Jeff prompted me to it would be, you know, what, what, what kind of plans do you have to be a place where people can ask questions, where you're going to um, signal to people, I'm 32, so we'll say my age and under, uh, that they can show up and that you are not just business as usual, institution as usual. Man, that, that was a great way to form that question. And, and I think the word that most millennials don't like and what we found in our town here is there's a lot of people that are a fan of God, but they're not, fan, they're not a fan of the church. Sure. Or they're not a fan of religion. Right. And so religion and institution, they seem to be synonyms right. here. And so we've, there's a lot of distrust of the church. There's, there's a lot of hurt that's been done by the church. And yeah. so um, if it's not worth, if it's not perceived as being worth your time, then millennials won't, just won't do it. Right. And then if it's all about yourself, they don't have any interest in being involved in it. So how can we signal to millennials that we're a safe place to ask questions, that we're worth the time and the energy um, as they're exploring a relationship with Jesus Christ, who I don't think they're close to. They're just trying to figure out if the church is worth it. Yeah, for sure. The the first thing for us is we're going to take care of your kids. So if you're you're getting married, you're having kids, we want to take care of your kiddos. We want to provide a great place for them, a safe place for them. And if you're building a family, we're going to be a great support for you and for your family. We want, want your kids to have a great time. We're also going to just talk to you plainly and openly about the challenges that are, that are found in Scripture. One of the reasons some have walked away from faith after growing up in the church is they didn't have a foundation of why they believed what they believed. So as we as we teach, we're going to teach the whys. And then we, we think Sunday morning is super important. Like we want people to be a Sunday, in our case, Sunday night, we want people to be a part of that and hear yeah. from God and worship God and, and, and know God and experience God. And yes, it has to happen, but we, we really, we've put all our eggs in the basket of small groups. And so we want to form groups that are for people in every, every phase of life and every, life situation. We already have a young adult group that's meeting and we want those groups to discuss, to talk and, and, and chew on whatever it is they need to chew on and, and be able to have that be the place where you literally ask questions and talk about the answers together and point people to Christ. And, and then our groups are not just little Bible studies, although they're going to do that. Our groups are then also the place where, as a team, your group will connect in the community and serve. So if your group meets four times a a month, which would be great, maybe two times that month, let's have some Bible study, question and answer. But one time, find a place to serve right? and and use use your meeting night to go serve somebody and to go reach out and and that's what we've been doing with our community connection. We've we've served pancakes to teachers in the morning. We've hosted events. Um, we have uh, helped and with fundraisers. We've helped the police officers in our area. We've 
brought them meals. We've helped families that are going through hard times. And when I say we, I mean, one of our small groups saw a need, they took a night and they, they met it together. Um, mentoring in the public school here, that's all been groups-based. And so I'm finding young adults are saying, hey, if you care about positive change in the community, then I'm in, you know, and I, I think that's worth it. And so being able to have a good conversation in a group, being able to have the group mobilize to make a positive difference in the community. And then on Sundays when we gather, preaching God's word in a way that makes sense is worth their time. They can understand and then react to are all things that we value. And we've been finding that the the community and the young adults value too. So Josh, as, as members of your church or future members or prospects who are considering, you know, looking at your church might listen to this episode, you know, I'm encouraged by the fact that you come from a long line of preachers in your family. You've kind of grown up in ministry. You get it and you understand it. But you're also now, after some years of experience, you're, you're stepping into the unknown. You're, you're taking, uh, I like to use the term irreverently, I suppose, rolling the dice, right? You're rolling the dice on this new venture, uh, trusting God, and, uh, but with no guarantees. Uh, so, but but as, as we end this episode, uh, I want to ask you, uh, I just saw today on social media that you have been working on getting healthy. And I don't know how public you've been about this, but I know that we talked about this some months ago. And you are so committed to this church and to this ministry that you wanted to be the, the most efficient, uh, strong, effective you you could be. And you talked about this with me uh, four months ago, actually. Talk to us about your health and the health journey you've been on and the uh, the great strides you've made to date. Sure, yeah. There's a lot of energy that goes into church planning, and it's also very stressful. So I thought, why not why not also add to that a weight loss goal, right, at the same time? And and for me, exactly. it's not a very public battle. It's public now. My, my weight is one of the things that I'm most sensitive about. And that's why I wanted to bring yeah. it up on this podcast, Josh. <laughs> Please. So for Thank you, you to for be, not putting me on television. For you to be an example here, because <laughs> you've done a great job. You've really, you really have. Most people will not do what you've done. So share that with us. For me, when, even growing up, I'm a twin, and I told you that. My twin is, is skinny as a, as a rail. We're, un, we're not identical. We're fraternal. Oh, boy. Oh, dear. I, I would look at food and gain weight while he could eat as much as he wanted to, and nothing would happen. In so much as my mom, bless her heart, would pack different lunches for the two of us when we were growing up. He'd get the extra portion of Twinkies, and I'd get the extra bag of carrots, right? So this wow. has been a this has been a lifelong struggle for me. And, you know, I I got the – my daughter was born 11 years ago, got the dad bod, you know, kind of not proud of that, but that happened. My son was born six years ago, and especially since six years ago, just steadily gaining three, four, five pounds a year, well, times six years, I was at a weight that I had never been at. Um, I'm 5'8". I should be well under 200 pounds. I was well over. So I didn't like it. I was uncomfortable in my own clothes. I was uncomfortable being in front of people. I was uncomfortable being on camera, which are all things that you have to do when you're preaching at a church. And, and I said, this isn't fair to me. This isn't fair to my church. It's not a good example. So through some conversations, I actually heard your podcast where you talked about your weight loss journey, reached out to you on Facebook, 
figured out what you did and how you were doing it. My wife and I were having the same conversation. She said, whatever you need, we'll do it. So her and I agreed together about four months ago, right before Christmas, which is also a great time to start um, a weight loss program, just going after this hardcore. And uh, to date, I'm... And the second best time, the second best time to start is today. <laughs> right, go ahead. Yeah, go you got to do it today. <laughs> I've, I've lost over uh, 35 pounds to date. Um, I'm under 200 nice. pounds, which is this is the lightest I've been in recorded history on my iPhone. I use my fitness pal. Uh, so 2010 or nine. And, and I don't know what I was before that. And, and if I lose a few more pounds, I'm, I'm breaking all kinds of records in my adult life. And, and so I'm, I'm, I feel great. I feel much more comfortable. They talk about non-scale victories. I can talk about my weight, but I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm comfortable in my own clothes. And, and I, you know, just, this week I had to go through my closet. I had about 20 pairs of pants. I'm down to four. Uh, the rest didn't yes. fit. So I had to get rid of them yep. all. I went shopping for new shirts the other day. I can't believe it cost $25 to buy a, a dress shirt at Kohl's. I don't know what happened to the prices, <laughs> but <laughs> exactly. it, it's stuff like that where I'm like, this is, this is a godsend for, for us, for me personally, it's a battle that I was fighting privately. It's something that had me discouraged internally and and to get some success in here and i've still got a ways to go i'd love to see another 30 pounds disappear but god has allowed all of that to happen in the midst of working hard and having some stress and not knowing what's happening in the future be able to do something that i've never been able to do on my own before and and you know thank you to you and to dave who just voluntarily kept encouraging me over the last four months and saying you you can do this you can do this you can do this and 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 we did. We've been doing it. So I had to record a video yeah. of myself yesterday, which I never do because I, you know, don't like how I look, and and invite everyone to the church, and then post that all over social media. I I wouldn't have done that thirty thirty pounds ago. I just wouldn't have done it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Josh, you have done a great job, and and just for our listeners, Josh is one who you know we talked to about the program that we'd been involved in, and Josh says, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to invest in that program, but I want to do the things that you guys are talking about. And some people think that, you know, you got to buy certain stuff and you've got to spend a certain amount of money. You really don't have to. And you've been, it's, it makes it a little easier if you do. But Josh, you've done it a little more difficult way, but you've done a great job because you followed the principles and you've been eating healthy. You've been, you've been getting some exercise. Mm -hmm. You've been changing the things you eat. And thirty five pounds, man. That's 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 huge. When you're five eight and you lose thirty five pounds, that's that. So I'm six two, and so far I've lost seventy, but I've been at it now wow. almost seven months. Yeah. Uh, so the best is yet to come because you know I lost my first fifty, and I thought that that was good, but honestly, the last twenty have have been more fun because I I can do. I think the first fifty was the first half. Right. And then the next 20 for me has been the second half in a way because I've been able to, I can do so much more now than I could even do 20 pounds ago. Right. So I'm excited. I'm excited for you. And I just want to, to affirm uh, what you've done. And I don't know if it's episode 305 or 306 with David Bush, but if, if you're listening and you'd like to get in on that episode, go ahead and uh, check out 305 or 306 with David Bush, and you can see what Josh is talking about. Hey, Josh, you have a parting shot for our listeners today, uh, encouraging them in their ministry? I do. You know, we call it Branch Life Church because like a branch, we want to strengthen our connection to Christ 
so that we can reach out and make a positive difference in our world. The stronger your connection to Christ, the more fruit you're bear and you can help people and, and you can help them connect to Christ. And, and I, I believe that. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will bear much fruit. So there is fruit out there for your listeners if they strengthen their connection to Christ. And part of that is seeing other people make that connection to Christ. So if you want your church to double in size, listen, just get everyone to lead one person to Christ this year. And the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. It's going to take work but I believe that everybody can lead someone to Jesus this year. And that we, we truly, truly believe that, that that can happen. So I am praying for your listeners after this conversation in their own personal connection to Christ, but also as they help other people connect to Christ. Let's have a conversation with friends about who Jesus is. Let's invite them to our church and let's see the church grow. Uh, because more people are connecting to Christ. God, God's got that for you. And I know that's what he wants for us. That's why he said, go and make disciples of all nations. And that was a general command to everybody. So let's, let's do it. Let's make disciples together. Awesome. Awesome stuff, Josh. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Branchlife.church. If you're interested in learning more about Josh's plant or joining his prayer team, I know he's yeah. still trying to get to that thousand. And you, got it. Uh, if you can help him get there. Branchlife.church. Josh, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Man, Johnny Johnny and Jeff, it's been great to talk to you in person after hearing you on the podcast. Josh, thank you so much. We'll, we will stay connected. Yeah, for sure. I, I appreciate it, man. That's awesome. Hey, we want to give you just a quick rest of the story for Josh Park and the Branch Life Church. 300 people attended their launch service. Four people responded to their invitation to trust in Jesus Christ, and two people were baptized. The following week, there were 130 people present, 40% more than the average during their during their preview uh, services. So they're going strong, and Josh is doing great, and we're looking forward to hearing more about Branch Life Church into the future. We want to thank Josh for being a part of today's episode, and we'll see you next week on the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Angela, and I want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, you should subscribe to our weekly email at 200churches.com and to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You know it. We'll be back next week with another amazing and encouraging episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love His church. Josh, Jeff. Oh, there we go. You put me on hold. You didn't add Josh to our call. You just said, Oh, I put you on hold. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I just clicked your face, and there you are. Yay. Okay, well, Josh, sorry. Insider <laughs> talk here. This is how you should not treat your new people that come on launch Sunday. Okay. Sorry, Josh. With I'm all with insider language. So no, so no Christianese and conversations from, that they don't get. You can learn That's from right. our uh, from our negative experience that here on the podcast today, don't talk about your church members. They don't apparently. <laughs> they know. Here's the thing. Church members know when they're bad. They know when they're mean to you. And so then when you allude to church members being mean, they will be like, you're talking about me. Right. Now, that's then, the warped perspective I would expect from Johnny. That's what does that the, mean? that's I, it's the not perspective. Like I said people's names. <laughs>
Well, that's when you answer. I wasn't talking about anybody. If the Holy Spirit, come on, brought it to your mind, then you know what? What do I have to do with that? Hey, I might man. have been talking about them, but the point is, they knew I was talking about them. Guilty, they, hey. they were being naughty. It's like if I tell my kids, you know, it's bad to lie, and they start crying. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man. That's because you're lying. You'll turn. Well, the one who dealt it, sm- smelt it, dealt it, That's right? Correct. Yes. Okay. So, Josh, what I'd really like this episode to be, it would be great if this could be a nice, clean episode that you could share with people at your church so that they could learn more about what Branch Life Church is about. Awesome. No Wouldn't that be cool? That would be, that would be awesome. That's, okay. That's fantastic. Okay, so Johnny, let's do that. He's he's had some uh, preview Sundays, four of them. Four of them, Josh. Four preview Sundays. Yeah, I, I worked out all of our numbers this last week, and don't don't tell me, don't tell me. We're oh, okay. going to talk about this on the on the episode because you'll you'll ruin it. You'll ruin. Well, it. I was talking about how many cards we've handed out, how many people we've mailed mailed things to, how many how many in the community we've done service projects for. You know how many our preview services, how many guests, how many. Johnny, he's trying to tell me. He's trying to tell me ahead of time. Gosh, you don't. Jeff doesn't (laughs) like to talk about anything beforehand. I kept the number secret. He doesn't want to know your last name before we start. (laughs) (laughs) Well, until today, I thought it was Kennedy. I thought it was Jeff Kennedy. (laughs) Jeff Kennedy. Kennedy. You wouldn't be the first one, baby. You wouldn't be the first one. Skype. I'm like, that's not Kennedy. It's Jeff, Jeffrey O'Keedy. It could be. <laughs> it also could be. It also could be Kennedy. Kennedy has been. Oh yeah, Kennedy or Reddy or things like that. Yeah. All right. 